Hi, and welcome to Dubes World of Watches with me, Dubbe. And as you may know, it's Corona time, so I'm on uh, a video call with Joey. Hello. And Nico. Hello. Hello. And today we're going to talk about uh, the latest news from the watch industry. And uh, we c- we haven't... We barely stopped recording when the uh, news came that the LVMH Group will departure from Baselworld as well with the brands Tag Heuer, Hublot, Zenit and Bulgari. So now that's left in Basel, well, it's just a big empty space and some very minor brands that uh, almost can't afford to be there. So... Uh, What's the take on this, guys? What do we think? Yeah, well, I mean, those other small brands that were, were there, they kind of, uh, they were, what do you say? They were, they were getting the audience, not really thanks to them. They were getting the audience thanks to the other brands. So uh, it would surprise me if any other small brand still sticks to the Basel Fair uh, with the remaining hope of getting uh you know some kind of audience going there so uh, yeah i would exactly. say I, I, yeah i would say the Basel fair is uh, uh is uh, a story that is now over when it comes to watches yeah absolutely i think it's an end to an era nico what's your take on this yeah i mean the name Basel World doesn't even you know ring that good anymore I mean, there's a lot of opportunity for the small brands to, you know, start something new. Uh, start smaller, do something exciting, invite exciting people. Um, and, you know, you know, start from the beginning, do it a little bit uh, DIY way again. Uh, and as we were talking to as well, maybe do something more co- consumer oriented instead of purchasing and uh, yeah. and yeah. industry focused because yeah, I mean the, the watches is bigger than probably ever been uh, and the biggest fair can't survive in that era with it I mean to me it's super strange uh, but that's yeah, the problem uh, because uh, yeah, yeah please do continue no just thinking it's really I mean watch brands big and small really must take this as an opportunity to do something new because uh, I, I mean it's uh, it, it's about time to get end consumer oriented when it comes to uh, uh, presenting news and uh, and uh, and these kind of things uh, it's 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 they have they have been too far fetched and too far away from the end consumer. Uh, only you know uh, the the only one who gets a part of the glamour uh, is uh, when it comes to what the watch brands themselves do is are the dealers, and then it's up for the dealers to give some glamour to the end customer. But now it's uh, I think it's uh, it's time to um, to make a change here and. Uh, and involve the the end consumer because that's where the true, I mean that's where the passion is, 
And the passion for a brand is something that you really must uh, take care of. And now is the time to take this opportunity to uh, to do something different. And it it's uh, big and small. It doesn't matter what size the brand is. Uh, this is a great opportunity. And I hope to really take it. Um, looking at what, what what's planned uh, by the the one the levers, so to say, which is everybody now actually, it doesn't it doesn't give me too much hope actually, unfortunately, because uh, what I can read it still says oh this will be focused on dealers and blah 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 and oh you get so tired about this come on. <laughs> Yeah, it's so boring. Do they expect? Hey, so, uh, yeah, do we change now? They're going to do a copy paste, and that will fail definitely. It will not last more than four four years. Trust me. To a tremendous cost as well, because they have to rebuild something and do it all over again and fail exactly the same. And yeah, as you as you say, it's it's the greatest opportunity of them all because before. To leave Basel was an impossible dream because the Basel world was such a, a a centerpiece of the watch industry when it comes to presenting novelties and to yeah. get dealers I mean, together. It was mandatory. So, you you didn't yeah. have any choice. But yeah, exactly. Choice. And don't do a copy paste of Basel because no, there are so many different better ways to, to yeah, so much better and. Uh, to get a feeling for the brand, to get a, a a close, as you said, closer connection to the actual owners of the watch and customers, and uh, to work with the dealers because nowadays, as you said, it's the dealers that gets yeah. Here's the novelties. Do whatever you want with it. We don't care. We just sell you products. We sell you stuff. What you do to sell your the the watches to the end customer. It's not our problems it's your problem and that is a also a very old-fashioned way to think about uh, how you sell watches because it's a it's a double act if you if the dealers can't shift the goods then you can't produce the goods and therefore i think they have to, to start collaborating with events on a larger scale maybe instead of having one store in sweden has uh, has has one event and then the other Rolex store in, in Stockholm has another event. Why don't they, because anyone who can force them to do it is actually Rolex to say, we have an event here and you have to participate and you're going to ship in with, with your staff and so on and we're going to do this together, but it's going to be a tremendous event because then we can, we can, we can do stuff on a larger scale and not having this uh, two separate ways of doing it in a in a small town, which when when everybody else is talking with each other anyway. So it, it yeah, I think it's yeah. time for some really really big changes in this business. Yeah, and also for the brands to take a little bit more ownership of the experience, at least for the big groups. I'm thinking uh, LVMH, they could have their own brand you know, brand experience store in Stockholm. Uh, yeah. Because it's such a different when you walk into an authorized dealer with 15, 20 brands and yeah. Rolex, which takes up uh, half the store. 
and you walk into uh, let's say the Panerai store I mean yeah. you get such a, a better you yeah know, you get the full experience of Panerai at that store and we have Cartier in Stockholm what we have Cartier in Stockholm but they are shifting you know they selling scarves teacups lighters you know a, a lot of stuff you know but to have a, a specified watch store would be fantastic if or just on one group from one group let's say LV group or the uh, Richmond group or Swatch group when they have their top brands in one store that would be fantastic then because you can get the full experience yeah because there is a difference if you have someone working at an authorized dealer selling and certain different brands yeah and if you have someone working for LVMH group selling LVMH brands yeah because they have to kind of be i don't know more customer engaged in a way yeah more engaged and they represent now it's yeah and now it's just weekend workers and you know people are studying just making uh just making an honest living but Where's the passion? I mean, yeah, the, the watch industry is changing and uh, changing fast. So, uh, yeah, they have to really think twice before they do the same mistake over again because that would just be costly and pointless. And we were having this discussion for, as you said, Joey, four years later. Yeah. And wishing for the same Pro- thing. I've, yeah, um, probably we will have this discussion yeah. in, in four years from now yeah. again and, and we wonder and we will wonder why why didn't they make something new yeah but because someone some brand will make something new and it will yeah. be a big hit and, and and all the other will be followers and you know coming on second place so yeah and they can uh, also look I, at I, omega uh, or sports group at the failure of their their departure from from Basel world some years ago which didn't change anything. It has no impact on nobody. Obviously, because the uh, the guys who runs the, the the fair continued doing the same mistakes as they done, and continued to charge overcharge and continue to not listening to the, the remaining brands. And now, when Rolex moved on, everybody will move on. So, and Omega, or should I say, the Swatch Group, they tried to make it on their own, having their own launches for every brand which just got confusing and 99.9 releases went unnoticed at least for me and i i'm really interesting i'm looking for the new stuff and all i have seen last year novelties from the swatch group or the crazy Jacques Dross, of course because i really really like Jacques Dross. and then you saw some speedmasters five billion limited edition version of whatever celebration for the moon landing that was this that year 1969 or 79 or whoever cares and that didn't help anyone and they, they had a special event in new york which was i think i guess it was really 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 expensive because they flew in all those influencers and what did they get out of that nothing just people shrugging their head and thinking how could they charge ten thousand dollars or euros for a watch that isn't that special in the end because you can buy a 
2,000 euro original Seamaster, which is a fantastic watch. So I have to really, really think twice because the mistakes has been done. Will it do it a third time? That's my question. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yes, I'm afraid I'm, so. I'm, probably I'm, more. I'm skeptic. <laughs> I'm yeah, skeptic. Yeah, yeah. Agnostic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course we are skeptic because uh, the, the industry is so uh, rigid and uh, old-fashioned and everything bad words you can say about people is not like to change. So, yeah. Nico, do you have any final words on this? No, I'm just uh, looking forward to, to what's to come. Yeah. <laughs> and we're uh, actually, we have a brand that's trying to do something new in some ways. And that is actually Breitling, who had last week a uh, conference uh, novelty uh, display on the web, showing off their latest novels with uh, the CEO and... I actually like this concept where the CEO of the brand, as we talked about earlier, take steps up, engages in the brand and talk to the customers in a, uh, in a very selling way and explaining the, uh, the novelties, the heritage and speaking with passion about the watches, not just releasing some new dials and try to, sell it as novelties when it's actually not the novelty it's just a dial and uh, one of the novelties that Breitling released was this uh, Super Ocean Heritage 57 and uh, what do we think about this watch guys I'm uh, I can start I'm actually yeah. a Super Ocean Heritage fan from the beginning I had an amazing 38 millimeter Super Ocean Heritage for a while. Yeah. Uh, but this one, to me, is a little bit disappointing because it simply looks too much like the Rado Captain Cook. Yeah. Uh, and I know they're big uh, in the archives, but yeah. And, and to use the name Super Ocean Heritage, since, as you mentioned, it being done with tremendous success and kind of started off the new Breitling, so to speak, when the, 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 the design language got much cleaner and uh, more exciting and everything. And there's kind of... And one thing for me, as you mentioned, Nico, is the name, Super Ocean Heritage. Before, they had tremendous success with that name in their... For me, start for design-wise for Breitling with that, with that watch because it was... A, a new kind of watches which Brighton had, haven't done for years. They've given up the so the the Bentley year, so to speak, where the watches became ridiculously big and ugly and everything bad, and they had a huge failure for me at least. But this this new heritage line was something new and something exciting, and they really really stepped up the game. And to use that name in a new watch, which for me is not even close, as you mentioned also, it's a Captain Cook ripoff. And that is, I love Rado. It's no, it's not denying that, but that is not the Rado that I think of when I think of the name Rado. So I think it's a risky game to play, putting on a name 
a love name on a new watch just to try to create some buzz. And there are other brands who have tried this and failed, not just in the watch business, but also in the car industry and so on. And also doing this uh, kind of rainbow-styled watch, but not with gems, just Luminova. It's for me, as you would put it, Joey, a children's watch, something for kids, not for grown-up people. Yeah. <laughs> would you like to continue this discussion, Joey? Yeah, well, I, mean, I totally agree. And, and uh, I'm, I'm looking at the pictures now and trying to just so, uh, see how, uh, I mean, if we would have someone from Breitling here to, to, you know, kind of motivate the different, you know, the different uh, design aspects of this watch, I would... Uh, it would be interesting because I cannot understand any uh, any you know reason to why they do. I mean, Breitling is it is supposed to be some kind of tool watch. Uh, now this is a super ocean, so it should be something that you wear when you're doing some ocean stuff. Maybe yes. you're even scuba diving. Okay, so the first thing you cannot use it. There's no. Uh, there's only five minute markers if you want to go diving with it. Okay, so so that's that's bad. It's only water resistant to 100 meters. Yeah. It's not even screwed down crown. Okay, um, and then it comes to the markers uh, with at 12, 3, 6, and 9. There's some some circles. I mean, what is the yeah. what is the reason? I mean, I mean, writing all. They, I mean, looking at all these other Brightening watches, they have, you know, scales for anything. Uh, <laughs> Touchometer and, you know, fuel consumption and stuff like that. So they, I mean, they have a reason for their design uh, elements. And I cannot see any reason for any design element in this watch. Uh, and the, the last thing I cannot find any reason for is this concave, you know, Captain Cook style where you can, you know, you can Pour, pour yourself a shot in it and then drink it. That would that would be kind of the best motivation to have this watch. But that was, but that would be. I mean, and then it's over. So maybe some maybe some rum. <laughs> yeah, for the for the kids to for the kids sleep exactly. That's the only the only reason yeah. I I can find someone actually would wear this watch and motivate the design element. But and also the new surfer lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they would be. They would. Um, yeah, if you are, you know, if you're new on the beach, but if you have been on the beach for some time, <laughs> you wouldn't buy this one. You would be. You would buy yourself, you know, an old. Uh, yeah, you would buy something else simply. Yeah, and also the, <laughs> the uh, hour hand looks like. Either a tree or a M, the letter M. I, yeah, I it's a Christmas tree or it's uh, yeah something else. The letter M. Yeah. But 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 why? Why? Where in Brightling is there M? No, I cannot. Yeah, I don't understand any <laughs> any design element in this watch. It's no, impossible. it's. Uh, yeah, it, it truly is. And, and, and that's the danger with using a loved, beloved and fantastic name on an earlier watch, which was huge success, and to make something this 
actually terrible. I, I love to like to use that word because this is I can't see any diehard Brightling fan ever wanna touch this. It's like the yeah, yeah, I don't want to say anything, but yeah, it's horrible. That's the only thing I can say because it's yeah, it does nothing yeah. for me. <laughs> and it would surprise me if someone that knows nothing about watches thinks about ah oh, yeah, you know, I want to buy a watch, and then they see this bright link, Captain yeah. Cook ripoff. It's like oh my god, I want this. It will not. Yeah. It will never happen. No. Yeah. So let's see. And, I mean, and also in in this. We should also say in this diver business, I mean, first of all, Breitling does it so much better on earlier models. So if you want to, you really, really, really want to. Uh, super Ocean that surpasses this way. I, I, even I want one because it's so fantastic. I, I tried it many, many times and worked for Sometimes I think it's fantastic. But this one, and then you have, of course, Seamaster and Submariner, and those watches are such a pictures in the in the business. So how can you pass by them and by this horrible freak of nature? Yeah, but uh, moving on to something else. Yeah. Let's move you, on. You, to... <laughs> uh, you tapped into this earlier. The scales for almost anything. Breitling is king of that genre, and they also released a Breitling Nevertime Automatic 35. And uh, you want to take over this, Joey? Uh, well, I mean, it's a 35, so it, obviously it's uh, it's a small man's watch, or it is a uh, oh. a, a woman's watch. So uh, <laughs> very. Um, <laughs> Diplomatic, <laughs> it's a bigger woman's watch. <laughs> <laughs> or it's a child's watch. I mean, uh, yeah. boy's, boy size, uh, boy size or intermediate, yeah. intermediate size watch. Uh, yeah. I, but, I should I say mean, boy's. Yeah, but uh, looking at the pictures, it looks like it's actually some mother or pearl going on as well on, uh, on yeah. some dials and diamonds and, you know, stuff yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. So I, I, would, I would say it's a lady's watch. Yeah. Regardless of configuration. And, uh, well, I mean, it's la different ladies have different tastes. And, uh, it, it, it is, I mean, in, in the, in the, you know, it has, it's not a, a rugged, big, it's not really rugged watch that they made small. They have actually design elements that has made it, uh, turned it into a ladies' watch, I would say. You know, with yeah. a bezel, with a small uh, balls going on there. Yeah. And uh, the, the selection uh, of, uh, of the, the colors of the bracelets, or, yeah. or, or I mean, on the straps. Mm -hmm. On the strap and, and the bracelet. And, yeah, so uh, it, they, it's not just a man's watch that, that they put in the copy machine and, and entered 60% and then hit enter and then hope that some ladies buy it. This is actually has its own design. So that is, I mean, cred for that. Yeah. With that said, I, I'm not sure if any 
lady buying this watch would actually start turning the vessel and uh, calculating whatever you calculate using this um, turnable vessel. Uh, I guess it's the speed, it's velocity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe some other stuff. Uh, not yeah, distance and and velocity. Yeah. I mean, but but no no one no one uses that with the, with the brightling except for like one one ppm of the owners. <laughs> so uh, yeah yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean to just wrap up, it's uh, yeah. they made a ladies' watch that is was a lady was designed as a ladies' watch from the beginning. Cred for that big cred for that, but. Um, uh, depending on the price, I don't know the price, but depending on the price, they no, are, I, I tried to I find that they out. They are, they are competing with different, they have their own, they have competitors depending on the price, I would say, because uh, yeah, lady, ladies have a, have a tendency to buy generically, they buy uh, maybe one watch or maybe two watches, they don't buy you know one watch for every purpose occasion. Now I'm going to the store. I need this watch. Oh, now I'm taking the bicycle. Oh, now I need this watch. It's, maybe it's reduced to to uh, less amount of watches. So that makes it hard to compete with other brands. But uh, Nico, do you have anything to say? Yeah, yeah, I just agree. It's a little bit depending on the price. If I think it's going to be a success or not. I could see this as for a, me, like entry level, yeah. Yeah, and as as you were in tapping into Joey and also you, Nico, is the price, and also I think this is a classic twenty four case. The 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 husband, the guy, the the of of any kind of relation, he buys his Patek. And uh, to justify this buy, he also buys a 24 for his lady. And I think this is a kind of that situation. You have this guy who is a tremendous Breitling fan, diehard fan, and he buys this watch. And he already has a few of them. So not to upset this uh, better half, he buys this one as well for her. And I think that is, that is I can't say it is the thinking, but I feel it is. Yes, because the coloring and the sizing and the dial and everything is very, very much in that direction. Because now we have not a couple's watch, but almost, and it's not a, a uh, it's it's a true ladies' watch. It's not just a size down, as you mentioned, Joey. Uh, I think this is a, the the perfect. He bought her a watch as well syndrome. <laughs> but uh, absolutely, I, I think this is uh, fantastic uh, in that sense that they're actually doing a real latest watch in the in the Nevertimer uh, family and with the, the the language of the Nevertimer and, and also actually doing a rather good job out of it, not just doing something randomly as some other companies does just to have a latest watch when they're not actually interested in making latest watches. So yes, and moving on to the last, uh, but absolutely not least, and news from Breitling, and also the worst kept secret in the business, because in their uh, tr 
a way of selling this event they had two different strategies the the one one was to send out newsletter saying save the date and watch it watch this and has this uh, kind of uh, sneak preview picture of, of of a bracelet and the other one was they have already told uh, the dealers that this is going to happen so the dealers most of them put out that that picture of the Rolo bracelet so at the same time people were posting oh it's going to be something something new tremendous from brightly and then the other half was pointing out oh look it's a new Rolo so <laughs> i would say this is the worst kept secret of this year at least but it it didn't end there because they actually updated the chronomat and that i think it's a very interesting news because they haven't done this for quite a while so and the the, form, the the design language is actually completely new. It's not like the Porsche. Porsche, they just <laughs> done some design elements. They've actually done a, a new watch. And uh, Nico, do you want to start off with this one? Yeah, I think it's uh, beautiful. It's, I mean, Chronomat is probably one of the, <laughs> the reasons why people doesn't like Breitling and the reason people like Breitling. Uh, it, before Chronomat, I don't think there was. I mean, that's brightling for most people. I think. Don't you agree? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, after the uh, the quartz crisis and after Schneider family took over the brand, this was the first watch that they developed and came out with, and was a tremendous success and was the relaunch of the Breitling brand and it gave them a, uh, a, a, a and this is we, we should mention this speaking out of Swedish context Breitling is one of the three or actually the third biggest watch company in in the in the reasonable price range being of course Rolex number one Omega number two and Breitling number three and and in the world the rest of the world, this is not the case because Breitling is a very, very small company who actually doesn't make that many watches. But in Sweden, we have a very special relation to this watch and uh, many of the Swedes are very very familiar with the brands and very very friendly with the brand. And uh, in Sweden, this watch was the watch in the late 80s. And if you had this one, you were showing off that you have taste, great taste and you were something... A bit sharper yeah. than everybody else. You must have a Rolex or a Omega. Yeah, I, mean, so, I remember being 12, 13, like early 2000, and the two-tone chronomat with like UTC bracelet. That was like the yeah. watch to have. That was like if you were successful and, and rich. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I think to... Uh, to do such a bold and uh, dramatic change to the styling, I think it's very, very daring to do it. And I think, uh, yeah, Joe, please do continue. I, I, I have to think a bit <laughs> more what I'm actually going to say <laughs> before I say too much. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, and I totally understand you because, because, um, I mean. We, we've been in the kind of you know we've been very very over interested in watches for many many years and and 
the brand Brightly, even though it's very popular in Sweden, it has not been, you know, our top, uh, no. top, you know, sought after brand. Neither you or I have ever owned no. a Brightling watch. Um, no, unfortunately, not, not that we totally hate it, because hate is some. I mean, that's a totally different thing. But when we, but when, when we have, yeah, yeah. But I mean, we, when we, when we need to prioritize, we have done other, other choices yeah, yeah. in our yeah. lives when buying yes. watches. Um, yes. And, uh, but but looking at um, and and the reasons, I mean, the reason you buy a watch is it's not only the design. I mean, people buy ugly watches just because they get some something out something else out of it yeah you know, they get the glamour it's a statement or it's yeah. oh it's so cool because it's a it's a, you know this kind of dial that was very it's a transition dial it's yeah. it looks like shit but it's a transition yeah. dial so so that's why it's beautiful in you know in quotes um so so it's so and and you get and the you know whatever movie star or whatever watch and then all yeah. of a sudden it, it becomes again in quotes beautiful or yeah after and rare the same, and important. Yeah, rare or whatever. And the same thing is with, uh, of course, I mean, if we just take Breitling as a whole brand, mm. you you buy, uh, as Nico said, in Sweden, it has been uh, it's been one of the one of the you know brands you select from uh, if you want to buy a, if you have uh, enough money and you want to buy a watch. Uh, at least uh, a while ago, it was you know Omega, Breitling, or Rolex, depending yeah. on how much. Uh, money you had or what and was looking for yeah so uh, um with that said just um looking at what what they are presenting now i think it's uh they have been quite a lot in their comfort zone so far uh using uh you know they they know their thing they they have the aviation and they have uh, John Travolta, and they have their their design, and uh, and um, they haven't really, you know, they they made new models, but it's it, it, they have remained their brighting thing, being popular or not popular. I mean, they have kind of not given a shit about that. They've done their thing, yeah. And now after. I don't know how many years. How old is Breitling? Eighteen hundred eighty-four or something. Um, yeah. Well, it's it's younger for me, so to say, because we're younger yeah. <laughs> when we think of, of, of Breitling. But yeah. now, I, I would say now is uh, looking at this uh, chronomat with a roll link. Now, this way, this approach that they have kept the Breitling thing. Regardless of other what other watches do, mm. uh, they've made the brightly made everything the Breitling way. Be be it bad or good. I mean, bad. Then we say you know Breitling for Bentley. Good. Yeah. We, then we talked uh, you know Super Ocean Heritage that they released. Yeah. Uh, I don't know ten years ago or something. Yeah. Uh, but now they've made. They really paid off. I would say. Their 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 constant. Uh, I mean, homogeneous, homogeneous, hom- homogeneous approach 
the stubbornness of keeping it bright linked, yeah. that's paying off right now when, yeah. when I look at this watch. Because it's still undoubtedly a bright link, but all of a sudden, all things just, uh, you know, land in the right places. And uh, I think it looks great. And I would never, if you asked me five years ago or 10 years ago, I, I would not, I wouldn't think myself saying that at any time. But now it really looks, it really looks great. It looks solid and it's, it's unique. You don't, you don't mix it up with some other brand. So, uh, I mean, they, they really, they really succeeded here. And, uh, uh, I think it's going to be a great success simply. And for me, it's been the uh, wings automatic always been the one that I actually really loved. And it was a Rolo link on that one. And I was really loved the Rolo link. And I think, uh, when I, when I first realized that they were going to upgrade it, I was kind of scared for two reasons. Because first of all, the reason why they stopped producing this bracelet was the qualities issues they had with it. It didn't uh, end, end up in a good place often because the, it was flimsy and it was easily breakable. And it was, yeah. And for me, I always loved the wings automatic with Rolo bracelet but it partly of why it discontinued that was was the Rolo bracelet because they had rather huge quality problems with it it uh, it broke easily and was flimsy and so on so when i saw the picture of them having a reissued version of the this bracelet i was a bit hesitant at first, but then when I saw it, I thought it was a very nicely updated version of one of the classic bracelets of Breitling, which made Bright, Breitling great during the 80s and early 90s. And as you said, Joey, this, this watch, when you see it, it distinctly says Breitling. You can't miss it. You can see it from miles away that this is actually a Breitling. And it's very modern, it's contemporary and in a nice way. And I think this is, together with the first Heritage watches, this is going to be a, a, a huge success. And I, yeah, I really like it. It looks, it looks great. And they have changed. The, here's the thing with, with being old-fashioned and being in this business for so long. For being in the this business for so long and being kind of old-fashioned when they do change something that you didn't actually love from the beginning you still get upset that they change the bad things but in this case i'm really really happy that they changed the push pieces of the chronograph it makes it as you always said contemporary it looks modern it looks fresh and but but not with losing out on the Breitling style and the touch of being a Breitling. It's still a Breitling, and they updated also the the crown so it looks contemporary. And they got in the B in the center, and I think this could be. Uh, I love to try it and have it on my wrist so I can give a a a, a update. But I think with the blue dial and stainless steel all over. It's going to be a huge success if they not overprice it because this is the uh, the common rule in this business right now. If you have 
something that you could actually earn money on, you push it so hard that it gets ridiculously expensive. So that, so the targeted market you had can't afford it or won't buy it because it's too expensive. And instead of putting down, I mean, this could end up at 80 or 8,000 euros or 9,000 euros. And for my money, I would spend not that kind of money. I would bought now a old like Wings Automatic, which is like uh, maybe at maximum 2,000 euros. So why would I spend 8,000 or 9,000? So if the price is right, I think this could be a tremendous success and they could have reinstated Breitling as a fantastic brand. But if they're overcharge it, which I'm actually afraid of they're going to do, it's just going to be another watch that's you won't buy because of the price range. Uh, I think it's yeah. 8,000 euro it starts from. 5,000? 8,000. Eight, oh, 8,000. Yeah. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. No. But then it's the, I mean, then, then we're coming into the, you know, the the upgrade of the Girard, Girard Pigot Lariato air kind of, kind of zone. Super nice nice watch, but priced on the level where it competes with with the competition is making, I mean, it's too tough, simply. Yeah. I mean, at at 8,000 euros, you have, uh, yeah, on just being new watches, if you really want a new watch, you have, it has to be a new watch. Then you have, I mean, you have Rolex, you have Omega, you have entry levels of, as you said, Charles de Pargaud. You have entry levels of IWC. You have entry levels of pretty much anyone or even upscale versions. And if you're looking at the used watch market, I mean, 8,000 euros, you can get complicated watches far beyond the chronograph complications. So, I mean, they're, I'm afraid they're going to overcharge and they're going to loss out on a potential rather huge market because right now in the business, I mean, who will pay 10,000 euros for a Omega Seamaster? And I mean, the prices now for used Rolexes is going down rapidly because everybody realizing that this bubble is going to burst in a second. So why do they charge so much money for a watch that used to cost like 2,000 euros 20 years ago. I Yeah, I realize there are materials-wise and there are better movements and so on, but they're looking as a non-interesting person on those two different prices, you wonder what, what do I actually get that is so much greater? What is the 6,000 euros add-on doing for me? Probably yeah. not much, but well, mm. yeah, let's, guys. L- l- let's see when we, uh, I mean, we'll talk to our watch dealer, retailer friends uh, in uh, in a while and uh, we'll see what their comments are after having this, yeah. this watch uh, in stock for, for half a year. Yeah. So. yeah. But hopefully, it's the price is right. They will sell very, very nicely. And I think I, I really wish the 
them all the best because this is, this looks great, but I wouldn't pay eight thousand euro for it. No, and with that, should we wrap it up? I think our yeah connection is getting tired. <laughs> yeah, our internet connection is. Uh, we should mention this that this is of course internet and uh, internet and technology and Corona time and everybody's home chilling and Netflix. Uh, so uh, with that said. Check out our Instagram account, our Twitter. We're Dubas World all over the social media platforms. Which one you do prefer the best? And with that, I say uh, talk to you soon and uh, bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.